You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. An idol is a pseudo false god. That's a simple definition, just a, a pseudo or a false god. But when you consider the text, an idol has to be more than just a false god. Because based upon the text, Israel decided to leave the one true God and follow follow idols. So based upon the text, an idol is also something or someone that a person chooses to take the place of God. Something or someone that a person chooses to take the place of God. You were giving God your tithes or his tithes and offerings. But then you decided to cease from giving God his tithes and offerings and start giving his tithes and offerings to the strip club. Hold on. The strip club became your house of worship. Strip club became your idol. You decided instead of coming to God's house to worship him to stay at home and and watch game after game. The game has become your idol. The game. Just at the instant you stop worshiping God and chose to worship a game, that game became your idol. Your husband got fed up with you coming to church so much. Started fussing at you Sunday after Sunday. So you made the choice to appease your husband by not coming to the place that God ordained you to come and stay at home and 
please him. Your husband became your God. Your husband became your God. Or you made your husband your God. That's how you have to consider what was taking place with Israel. Because whenever a person knows that God delivered him or her, knows that God raised him or her up, but then makes a decision to choose something or somebody else, There has to be pressure behind it. Has to be what the person considers a legitimate reason behind it. Notice I didn't say it was a legitimate reason, but the person considers it a legitimate reason to to do certain things that when you look at it, it's just idolatry. What is the problem when it comes to idols? Let's consider Leviticus 26. And verse 1. Leviticus is the third book, I believe, in Scripture. So go to Genesis and a couple of books over, you'll see Leviticus. Right? Leviticus 26, verse 1. This is what God told the man of God to, to speak to the children of God. And God changes Leviticus 26 and 1. You shall not make idols for yourselves. You shall not put your spouse before me. Don't make your spouse greater than me. Don't make your money Greater than me. Paul talked about how how uh, Israel started worshiping the creature instead of the creator. Start worshiping what God created instead of worshiping Him. But notice, you can make something your God. Anytime you put something or somebody before God, that person becomes your, your idol. That's tough, isn't it? 
it's the reason we, we have to make sure that, that we understand verses like Leviticus 26 and 1. And notice I just read the first clause. Because this first clause is in line with our primary text. Or Isaiah 57 and 13. We have to be to the point to where we don't make a thing or a person a God. We have to make it. You say, well, I'm just doing something because such and such. Yeah, but, yeah, but when you look at what you're doing, it's idolatry. And Israel had gotten to the point to where they just didn't have one idol. They had a collection of idols. And, and I, when I look at my life, there were times to where I was not putting God number one in everything. <laughs> But when you know better, you got to do better. Say that to a neighbor. When you know better, when you know better, you have to do better. When, when you know that you will do what your husband wants you to do before you do what God wants you to do. I shouldn't obey my husband. Yeah, you should obey it. But you never put anything or anybody before God. Just that simple. And God, who created marriage, who created family, and so forth, he did not create such in order to be worshipped. There is one that should be worshipped, and that's him. And when you worship him, He'll give you direction in reference to how you should take care of your spouse, your family, and everything else. But he has to be first. I'll have no other God before me. The first and great commandment is to love me with all that you have. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. And, and you can't make up lame excuses as to why God is not being put first. Well, I may not be doing what they do, but I still put God first. No, because if you put God first, you're going to be in line with what is written and revealed. Because that's how God speaks. He speaks through the written and the revealed. That's not Walker 101, is it? That's Bible. Y'all staying with me? Kind of quiet this morning. And that's good because I want you to really listen to what I'm saying. 
Because there are a lot of folk that are in the seat of putting a thing or a person before God. Even training children to put a thing, a person before God. You can't do that. You're messing up your child. There's a young man that um, was raised just to be great when it came to a sport. And I, and I was uh, listening to this young man. Young men have made millions, but get this, but worship a statue. Millionaire, but worship a Buddha. A Buddha. You can train your child to, to be successful in business in sports or something else. But if you don't train your child to put God first, your child will have millions and worship a statue. Have millions and won't have anything to do with God. That's the reason we, we have to make it our business to, to be an example of worshiping God, not just to our family, but to everybody we come in contact with. Amen? Amen. But now notice, Isaiah prophesied. He said, look, when you cry out, Or uh, when you get in need, you need some help. Let your idols save you. Let them deliver you. Let them deliver you. Let them come to your, to your rescue. It, isn't it amazing to, to things that, that, that can become idols to us won't help us. You can spend $100 on, on, a, on a ticket to go to a game. But if you get in need and, and call that same place... They ain't going to help you. Is anything wrong with going to get? No. You should enjoy certain things. But when you start putting a thing before God, that's where the problem comes in. When, when you can get your praise on at a game for your team, but be mouse quiet in God's house, that's where the problem comes in. It's, it's obvious who you worshiping. When you get more excited about spa day, sister, so 
than the Lord's day. I can't wait to get that girl. That mud feels so good on your face. You, you see, God is looking at everything. And, and when God sees that you, you, you are loving something better than him, that becomes your idol. I love doing what I do. I love doing what I do outside the church, but, but nothing is ever going to come before God. Nothing. I know why I have what I have. I know why I can do what I do. It's all because of him. Not going to let anything or anybody come before him. And we have to have that same mentality. Because we are in a world to where people think it's okay to put a thing or a person before God. And, and, it, and it's just like, it's just common for them to say, well, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm going to do that church thing. Church thing. You call it a church thing. And it's just a church, a church thing. That's actually belittling what God created. There are churches that are not God's church. But there are churches that undoubtedly God created. And when you look in scripture, people died because they blasphemed God's church. Died because they came to the altar the wrong way. God considers his temple sacred. But when it just becomes a church thing... I don't think I'm going to do the church thing. I'm going to do such and such today. And see, the enemy likes to keep us blind. He, he, he does not want us to look at what we're doing as idolatry. But if you rightly divide the word, you'll find yourselves doing worship that is contrary to the scripture. Or you'll find yourself putting something or someone before God. That's dangerous. I said that's dangerous. And I, I just want you, you to keep in mind that, that Isaiah let them know. Say you, when you get in help, that's who you call on see if they help you. What he said. Look, well, y'all, I just read it. No, notice this again, Isaiah 57 13. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. Let them save you. But it ain't gonna happen. I need to show you a few things in reference to idols. You ready? You shall. Okay, let's go to Psalm 106. Okay. 
Lord have mercy. I'm going to start at verse 36. Psalm 106, we'll start at verse 36. And this again is talking about God's people, or Israel. Ready? They serve their idols. But notice what the idols became. A snare to them. It was a trap. But idols becoming a snare is not only that they became a trap to them. But a snare is also something that entices, lures them. And there are things that, that will lure you from the worship of God. There are people that will come in your life that will pull you away from the worship of God. Some folk have married the wrong person and, and, and that person pulled a servant of God away from the truth. That person became a, a snare, a trap. But it's a dangerous, it is, an idol is a snare, but, but a snare is also something that's not only enticing, but dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. Worshiping something that, that at the conclusion of your life, that thing you worship will cause you to enter into hell. Worshiping a statue and so upon your demise, you go to hell because of worshiping a statue. Because idolatry is a sin that if you commit it, you're going to end up in hell. That's plain, ain't it? And that's, that's Bible. Verse 37, though, notice this. They even sacrifice their sons and their daughters to demons. And shed innocent blood. This is what idolatry will make you do. It'll, it'll make you do things in reference to your children just to make sure they're successful. You'll sacrifice your own children. Maybe not to the degree that they did here in Scripture. But there are people that will sacrifice their children in order to fulfill a dream. Now, if you're going to be successful in this, I'm going to have to take you out of some of your church stuff. I know your mama wants you to do this, but look, if you want to do this right here, you're going to have to not do some of what your mama wants you to do.
sacrifice. Notice their sons and their daughters to something that's demonic. Who has to come first? God. Should demons have any place? No. Why is that? Because that's what the Bible says. Give no place. To who? The devil. Don't give the devil no place. Not even, not even uh, 30 seconds of an inch. Don't give the enemy no place. Again, is anything wrong with doing certain things? No. But it becomes wrong when you put that thing before who? God. I love Westerns. I do. I, I mean, oh, God. God. I, I mean, I love Westerns. Them old gun smoke episodes. Oh, yeah. Have gone, will travel. Oh, oh yeah. Once upon a time in the West, high plains drifting. Oh, I can stand up here for at least an hour and just tell you movie after movie that I like. But if I ever get to the point to well. I got to see the episode when God is telling me to pray. At that moment, that movie that I like becomes my idol. I love cars. Yeah. Love tractors, lawnmowers, and such. But if my tractor ever keeps me from doing, doing God's will or coming to his house, worshiping him, that tractor, a John Deere has become my God. A 3032E has become my God. See, even notice Syria not. You understand what I'm saying? It is not that certain things you do are wrong. It's when you get those things out of place. That's when it becomes wrong. You follow your pastor as your pastor follows Christ. But when you take Christ out the picture, your pastor has become your God. You submit to your husband as your husband submits to God. But when, when God is out the picture and you just submit to your husband, you have made your husband your God. See, see when I was coming up, we, we were told that just sports and certain things were just wrong. No, it's, it's not that sports and stuff like that is wrong. It's when you put things before God. That's when it becomes sin. And the wages of sin 
is death. Ruin is soon to happen because you have allowed something or someone to take first place. God has to be number one. How many are with me? Woo! I said, how many are with me? Well, hold on. We're going a little further. Let's go to Isaiah 2. Isaiah chapter 2. Let's consider verse 8. Again, talking about God's folk. Isaiah 2 and 8. Their land is also full of idols. They worship the work, get this, of their own hands. That which their own fingers have made. Do you know you you can make yourself into an idol? Yeah. You can, you can get to the point to where you think you are so important that you don't have to humble yourself and submit to God. I've seen folks that, that would give God the praise. That would give God the praise. But, but then when, when they receive certain accolades or got a certain amount of money, they felt like they didn't have to submit to God the way they previously submit because they had, y'all holding on, arrived. I mean, you should just give God all the praise, but then all of a sudden, now you, the boss. Oh, now you done got a promotion. Get this. Whether in the church or outside the church. You notice even in the church, certain folk get promotion in the church. They start acting a certain way. In the church. You know, such and such, she done got beside herself since she done been. God didn't elevate you for you to get beside yourself. Understand something, the more God gives you, the more humble you should become. Listen to this. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. Required by who? God. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, the greatest one among you is going to be servant to all. What? If I'm going to be great, they're supposed to be serving me. No, uh, no. The greatest one among you is going to serve all. And then one day he, he, he took a towel, got a basin, and just began to just wash their feet. Not like we have foot washing service. No. 
Because he, did, he didn't tell them. He didn't give them no heads up. We give everybody heads up. Look, we're going to be doing feet washing uh, this week. So we're going to come down. We're going to make sure we done already washed our feet. We might even put perfume on our toes. They ain't going to be talking about how my feet smell and how they look. I'm going to get me a pedicure before I even go. No, Jesus, Jesus threw it on them. And see, they had, they had sandals. So they couldn't avoid the dirt. Couldn't avoid the sweat that came from all the heat in Israel. Jesus knew their feet were going to be sweaty, dirty, and stinking. He washed, he, he just didn't wash one, one person's feet. All of them that were at the table, he washed their feet. Even the one that had made up in his mind he was going to betray him. Still washed his feet. And, and they asked him, what are you doing? He said, you call me Lord. And you call me Master. He said, I'm giving you this example so, so you will do as I'm doing. He wanted them to understand as great as you become, you still need to humble yourself and serve. Never get too rich to where you can't give God Judah. You can't give him praise. I don't know the last time I gave under $700 on a Sunday. Every Sunday for I don't know how many years at least $700. Do you know that's what some folk make in a week. But as much as I, now I said at least that. You understand what I'm saying? But as, as much as God blesses you, you still have to humble yourself and serve. I said you still have to humble yourself and serve. You never get too big for your dress or your britches. You serve God. You always serve him. Never allow money or anything else to cause you not to put God first. I never forget it was somebody who said, you know, I, I give a lot of money to church. I, I said, yeah. I said, God bless you. I said, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking and I'm making all this right here. And, and, and I'm giving $150, $200 a week. I said, man, I, I said, uh, what are you saying? God don't deserve what you give him? You trying, to, you trying to figure out whether God deserves something? Or not? That, that's sin. That's wrong. God deserves much more than what He asked us to give. I 
I give to God every week, but, but there are times where I give chunks in addition to what I give God on a weekly basis. Why? Because he not only deserves that, he deserves much, much more. Because can't nobody do us like him. You agree? Lord have mercy. Y'all understand? So, so the more God blesses us, the more humble we should become. Never put anything or anybody before God. You know, and, and that's how you got to teach your children. You got to teach your children. That, that's how you got to live your life in thought, word, and deed. Now, I'm finna throw something on you. I hope you're ready for it. You got to be ready for the next scripture I'm going to. You ready? I ain't smiling. I'm serious. You got to be ready for this because we talked about how I've showed you passage after passage about how God's children were committing idolatry. But now this is how we should be as children of God. Next scripture I'm going to give you. Go to Acts 17. I didn't like Reverend Walker's tone today. <laughs> I know I'm probably going to get some of that, but I'm just trying to do what God would have me do. Acts 17 and 16. Ready? Now notice this. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, notice this, his spirit was provoked within him. He started feeling irritated, angered. Notice when he saw that the city, whole city, was given over to idols. We should, we, we should feel angered because we know that people are idol worshipers. Now notice, notice this. He, he looked and he was waiting and said, man, this whole city, all these folk are idol worshipers. And it just didn't set right with his his spirit. If I know Elder Beasley is putting his wife before God, that should bother me. Because he worshiping the prophetess. If I know you put your doctor before God, that should bother me if I know it. That's the reason I'm glad there's a lot of things I don't know because I probably stay irritated about. 
certain things. Am I still contextual? You have to be to the point to where when you recognize somebody worshiping a thing or a person more so than they worshiping God, especially a person that is claiming Jesus as Savior and Lord, that should bother you. That should bother you. I don't understand how he say God bless him with that when that's totally taking him away from God. That bothers me. God is, God is going to make sure that he takes care of you but he does not want you to put anything or anybody before him. I've seen, I've seen pastors that put their wife before God. Thank God for First Lady Catherine. She know and you know that I ain't going to put her before God. Now, some pastors that will say that, but you see it. You know I don't put her before God. You know I have never put my child, even before she got married, before God. More than that, you know I have not put you Before God. But see, that, that does not only need to be my testimony, that needs to be your testimony. I, I, I've seen men that if their wife get upset, they get upset. You can't do that. You, you cannot make a thing or a person your God. You cannot put a thing or a person before God. You can't do it. But notice again, when he saw that, and, and notice it, the whole city. Man, if I, if I would have been like Paul and spoke out like Paul, they probably would, people probably would do the same thing they, they tried to do to Paul. They tried to kill him because he talked about idolatry. When he talked about idolatry to these people, they were to the point to where some would listen, but some were ready to kill him. Because folk love to do what they want to do and still say they Christian. In our day and time, if folk you could they they believe they can do what they do and they still Christian. Not understanding that Christian is a simple definition. Christ like. All you gotta ask yourself, would Christ do that? That's it. Just that simple. Would he do that? God have mercy. Let's go back to Isaiah 57, 13. As I prepare to close. Y'all hold on. 
This is a good text, isn't it? And so, so you understand that an idol can put you in a snare, right? An idol is created by human hands. You, we understand that, right? Whether it's a football game, whether it's a basketball game, whether it's a statue, all of it was created by a human. And none of it should come before who? God. If it upsets you to stay in church for two hours, but you can look at games throughout the evening. What does that say about you? Don't get mad at the preacher because he laying it down, but he rightly divided it according to the scripture. Amen? Now, will I watch a game with you? Yeah. But if God tells me to put such and do such and such, I won't. He has to be first. Nothing wrong with watching anything as long as it's, you know. But you never put anything or anybody before who? Amen? That's when it becomes idolatry. I said that's when it becomes idolatry. But anyway, back in, back in Isaiah 57, 13. He tells them, he says, the wind will carry your idols away. A breath will carry all of them away. Wind and breath are symbolic to the power of God. And see, right now, I'm breathing. Yes, I am. I'm breathing. But it's not just my breath. It's it's what God has given me to breathe or to utter. Why? Because he wants some idols to be carried. Some things that we've been putting before God. It's time for those things to be blown away. Now, even, even the wind, the wind is pushing it right now. The word is pushing it right now. But, but don't you see that God is moving that thing and you turn around and go and pick it up again. He's sending a wind to, to get it out of your life. Letting you know that, look, I don't mind you doing this right here but because you putting it before me is idolatry you, you understand what I'm saying don't want you to leave here with the wrong mindset the wind will carry will carry them away let me, let me give you another scripture to back up what he just said that's in Isaiah go with me to Isaiah 2 now, you heard what he just said, but notice what he says even before he mentioned that in, in Isaiah 2. And we'll start at verse 17. Lord have mercy. Isaiah 2, 
Verse 17. Ready? The loftiness of man shall be bowed down. And the haughtiness of men shall be brought low. Now notice a person that will not humble him or herself, God will bring them down. Verse 18. But the idols he shall utterly abolish. He'll bring down man, but he, he, he will abolish the idols. But again, notice in Isaiah 57 and 13, it's, it's basically saying the same thing, but it just tells us how he's going to do it. The wind or his word is just going to carry them away. But again, man is free moral agent. Even when God sends the wind to free you of idols, you have a choice to go back and pick it, pick it up. But when you do so, you are a dog that vomited. Left the vomit, thought about it, and went back and ate it. That's messy. And nasty. Right? But, but even after he tells them that he knows that they have been worshiping idols. He closes Isaiah 57 and 13 by giving them a choice. He said, but if you trust me, your idols ain't going to deliver you, but if you, if you trust me. To trust is to, number one, Confide in. It's the Hebrew word, but touch. It's to, conf to confide in or to rely on God, to depend on God. Don't look to that to make you happy. Depend on me to make you happy. Don't look to that to do the right thing. Look to me to do the right thing. Rely on me. Don't look to her to do what you ask her to do. Look to me to make it work out for you. Put me first. Put me first. Trust me. Trust me. And notice what's going to happen. But he who puts his trust in me, number one, shall possess the land. But, but now, you, you have to understand, when he talks about possess the land in the verse, it's a twofold process. Because God is not going to allow you to possess his blessings and you're not in the place you need to be. He, he wants you to trust him. But then he has to work on you. So he can give you something that will, 
that will not cause you to turn your back on him again. Because see, when, when God tells you to trust him, it's not without him examining you to make sure it's not temporary. Because some people will, will, will trust God, but it's just temporary. So God has to take you through a process to see how firm or how determined you are when it comes to trusting him. I'm going to let this happen to see if she really trusts me. I'm going to let that take place to see if he'll still give me hallelujah anyhow. And so when you go through the first step of, of letting God know that, that you're trusting him is not a temporary situation. Then he turns around and he gives you his goods. I can trust you, Walker, so I'm going to give you these things right here. And don't ever get like some folks and, and say material things don't mean anything to you. Well, if God made everything, it should. If he made everything that we see, if the earth is God's and his fullness, you should, you should love material things. I said you should love. Ain't it wrong to love? No, it ain't wrong to, to love or to enjoy what God created. Get this. For you. For you. All things I created. Why? For you. Who was he talking to? His children. His children. You just don't allow what he created to become your your idol or your God. Some of y'all still with me, aren't you? And so you have to be to the point to where you're ready to possess the land. But understand, it's a twofold process. It's just like some folks think that when they give God his tithes and offerings, that you know they do it just to get the windows to open up. No, that you 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 really don't see the significance. You, you do it first and foremost to let God know, I'm not going to rob you. I'm not going to rob you because that was the whole issue. You have robbed me. How? Of my tithes and my offering. So God got to see your, your consistent. He got to see even when money is low that you still going to do right by him. What does that say? You putting him first. And then when he sees that you're consistently putting him first, then that's when he opens up the windows of heaven and pours you out a blessing. You ain't got no room to receive. If folk knew that they could put, give God his tithes and offerings and time they do it the first time that he would bless them, you would have sinners, you would have folk from the backwoods, from the city, and everywhere else trying to find the church. Man, all you got to do is go over there and put it on the altar. And before 6 o'clock, you're going to have some windows open up and a blessing going to come. That's not 
how it works. God has to see that you are going to be consistent in showing him that you're not going to rob him no matter what you go through. And when God sees your firmness, your determination to put him number one, that's when he opens up the window, pours you out a blessing, and you don't have room to put it. You hear me? That's the process. And that's how you possess the land. When God knows that no matter what, you're not going to go back to your idols. You're determined to trust him and you're determined not to put anything or any person before him. That's when he gives you the land. That's when you start possessing houses you didn't build. That's when you start receiving milk and honey which equate abundance all of this is part of possessing the land but it's not a natural blessing because you can go out and get natural blessings no it's a divine it's a god ordained blessing it's something that man would never let you have but because the earth is god's and his fullness god has released it into your into your bosom. How many understand? And then he also says as he closes out Isaiah 57 and 13 that we shall inherit his holy mountain. Now that's twofold. We're going to inherit his, his sacred, his divine mountain. It has an earthly connotation and a heavenly connotation. The heavenly connotation is that we're going to heaven. Why are we going there? Because we made up in our mind that we are not going to commit idolatry. And because we have left idolatry or the worship of idols, God opens up heaven to us as our eternal dwelling place. But see, the Bible is clear. As it is in heaven, so is it in earth. That means we are also going to inherit his holy mountain down here on earth, which is a symbol, number one, of his power. I'm going to give you power Right here on earth. A mountain is a symbol of strength. Of power. So he said I'm going to give you power. Right here on earth. Power for what? Power to carry out. The will of God. Power. To go out and. Possess what God has ordained. For you. To have. Only reason I have what I have is because God has given me the ability or the capacity to do it. No way I could have did all that, that I did on my own. No way Ella Florence could have done or possessed everything that he has. It took God. Likewise for all of us that, that 
when we look at how blessed we are, we know it didn't come because of our education. If, if it was that case, folks that are more educated than you would have it. If educa- education was the only reason you got it, why folks that are more educated than you don't have it? If it was because of your last name, why other folks with the same last name don't have it? Well, I'm just special. Well, if it's because you're just special, what about folks that are more special than you that don't have it? Go ahead and tell it like it should be told. You wouldn't have what you have if it hadn't been for your God. And I'm done. Let's give God the praise. Let's give him the praise.